Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Metcalf, doing really good. Really excited. Um, the people were talking. They've been asking us for a while, and it's it's about that time. This is one of our favorite segments. This is our fans' favorite segments. It's it's mock draft peer review time, baby. How are we doing, Metcalf? Are you excited for this one? I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped to uh, critique. Our own mock drafts. Pretty pretty excited about it. Yeah, and l- last year when we did this, it was a lot of fun. So figured, why not bring it back? So yeah. for for new listeners, welcome. We love you. Um, stick around for a while. Um, well, the whole premise of this is is we each did our own mock drafts, and we're just going to run through the first round about five picks at a time or so, and critique each other's decisions on who went where was it too high too low do we hate the fit do we love the fit all of that kind of stuff so rucker am i missing anything with that i mean i would just add for for everyone if it's your first time listening like metcalf does a mock draft i don't see the results and then i do a mock draft and we don't share the results until the morning of the podcast and we don't talk about it until we get on the air so it's kind of like this is the first time we're about to rip you know, each other's mock drafts apart. And it's fun because I, I do think there's some good analysis every time. And me and you will get to a pick that we eventually start to kind of bicker about because we like our picks more. And, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but going through the results, it's funny how me and you are starting to think a little similar. I swear we didn't I share these results and, <laughs> and it is really scary, but, um, you know, it, it's always fun. I think the timing is going to be cool too, because next week, we're going to have a new composite big board and new mock draft on no ceilings with the whole squad. Um, so it's fun that we're doing this, just me and you right here. See how different they're going to be. <laughs> it will be fascinating to kind of compare those to each other. Um, just last last thing, uh, the order we, we went off of is based on the standings as of uh, February 8th um the morning of so obviously if you go on tankathon while you're listening to it order might be a little different it happens um but the the, the whole premise the whole idea it it's generally still the same then the only other changes we made were we did update the phoenix suns pick and we just put brooklyn there um and then the new york knicks pick that is going to portland um those are the only other changes. Otherwise, we just kept the standings the same as of February 8th. Yeah. I mean, if we missed any other ones, hey, deal with it. We'll figure it out. We're trying to update it as fast as possible. Um, shout out to Nathan. He, I had to give him a little bit of crap, but he texted me today. He's like, hey, question, are you and Metcalf going to do any you know, trade deadline talk on the podcast? And I was like, you must not know what this podcast <laughs> show is about. This is the No Ceilings NBA draft show, baby. We talk about the draft here, but being serious, um, heck of a day, but there was a lot of picks, a lot of picks swapped around. Um, the new cash considerations is second round pick. So, 
I joked earlier we were going to trade Metcalf for five second round picks. I'm kidding. I declined the offer. I said we needed unprotected first round picks. So yeah, I'm going to cost you a fortune in luxury, <laughs> luxury tax bills. <laughs> but I'm excited for this one. It's going to be good. We tried to update it. We went with the standings yesterday, and we're like, hey, let's do the right teams for the trade swaps or you know picks that happened today. So we're working, folks. But it's going to be a fun one. All right. Well, let's just dive into it. So with the first five picks, um, the Houston Rockets are picking first, Pistons second, Spurs third, Hornets fourth, Magic fifth. And early on, obviously not a whole lot of surprises. We both had Victor going to the Rockets, Scoot going to the Pistons. Uh, For the Spurs is kind of where we deviated a little bit. I had Jairus Walker going to the Spurs. Rucker had him on Thompson. For the Hornets, I had Brandon Miller. Rucker had Brandon Miller. And for the Magic, I had Amen Thompson. And Rucker had Asari Thompson. Rucker, out of those kind of top five, what just stood out to you? Um, the, the fact that we're still pretty adamant on no matter who's at two, it's Scoot. Um, every yeah. single Detroit Pistons fan, congrats on getting Wiseman today. I'm still a believer. I don't know how it's going to work out with Duran. That's all I got to say. But... Everyone's going to be like, hey, why Why would they take Scoot? Scoot's that special. Um, and Detroit's got a long way to go. So I, I'm right there with you still. I think it's no matter what, those are one and two with Victor and Scoot. Um, unless Brandon Miller, I don't know. It, that's a crazy one. It's going to keep me up at night. So I don't think that's going to happen lottery. The third pick with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> um I wanted to do this podcast to pretty much apologize to everyone listening because I didn't have the balls. Um, I wanted to put Jarrett there. And for everyone, like I I made my mock and I was like, oh, I really like Jarrett there. And then I was like, no, it's too early to talk like this. Come on. And then I, so, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to also do it with like what I think the team would do. And yeah, I'm sorry. I'll never let you down again, guys. I I love you all. But, um, I still love him in there. We've talked about that before. And then Brandon Miller at four. I, th- I thought that was interesting with, you know, both of us having him there. So I, I had no problems top five. I, I thought it was good. It was a good little group. And the curveball of you, I liked your curveball. I thought I was like, that's a good one because everyone's going to think that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. The Spurs would do that. They would love it. Yeah, and I I, I was going back and forth between Jairus and Amen and at pick number three, I just had to go with who I think is the better player and the better prospect. And I think that's Jairus. Um, I know that's going to be blasphemous for a lot of listeners, but I I just don't see a man in that, that same level. Um, I do like him on the Spurs a lot. I like that fit for him a lot. And if he's going to really continue his development and kind of put it into top gear, I think that's a really good place for him to do it because I think he would be able to essentially run point there. Putting Jairus there, I I just think this dude has kind of solidified himself for me as the third best prospect in this class. He is one of the most impressive and versatile defenders. Uh, he can switch one through five, not all ones, obviously, but you know, let's say 1.5 through five. Uh, awesome on ball, awesome off ball. The shot has been really reliable, especially the the spot ups um, and that willingness to shoot is creating is forcing defenders to close out on him really hard. And that creates his 
and that engages his ability to drive and attack with floaters, get to the rim, show off his passing capabilities. So I think when you pair his kind of all-around versatility on both ends of the floor with guys like Vassell and Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones and Jeremy Sohan, I think there's a lot there that just continues to build this really smart and versatile team. I I, I got a question because it, it was puzzling me and – I still could see it as kind of like a, you know, it's always tough when we're, you do mock drafts throughout the whole year and you keep plugging guys in the same spot. Cause all, usually it doesn't happen. Um, that's what we tried to make happen last year with Johnny Davis to the wizards, but it's, I'm still believing let's give him a couple years. Let's let's, that's for another story. Could Brandon Miller go to the Spurs? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I and mean, he's, I just kept staring at that and I was like, why couldn't this be Brandon Miller? Um, and I love Vassell. I love Keldon. But I think San Antonio is also a team that they wouldn't pass up a guy like that, regardless of position. Um, and I, I'm not, this isn't slander to Men Thompson. Everybody calm down. I like him in a lot there, but I'm just saying, I also think Brandon Miller would be pretty intriguing there with the guys they have already. Yeah. So. That's all I was throwing out. But. No, I, I I like Miller there a lot, and I his shooting is something they need. That helps right away. Um, and I, I think he can play. I think he's a really malleable player where he can play in a lot of different contexts. Um, he has to get stronger, obviously, but yeah. as that off-ball shooter, that wing scorer, um, you know, relatively competent defender, I, I don't mind him there at all. Um, but for me, again, it was just, Jairus is kind of sitting alone at that third spot. Um, so him, Brandon Miller, Amen, those were kind of the three guys I went back and forth on there. Um, but I just had to go with the talent. Yeah, I think you I think you'd come down to that situation and the Spurs would do their homework, and that's ever whoever has better workouts, whoever they connect with better, whoever's got the better intel, you know. And Jairus sounds like he's gonna have some tough you know, intangibles to, to, to beat, but it's nothing against Brandon Miller and a man. It's just, they're also going to have a vision. Um, every team does. And if it comes down to those three guys, you could, you could sell me on every one of them. And I'd be pretty pumped up if I was a Spurs fan. It's just, Jarris has some stuff that Jarris seems like he, I'm not saying Jarris could be a superstar, Jairus could be like the gadget star. Like he could just do everything. Like Sohan and him together. Yeah. I don't care if someone's going to be like, well, they're, they're a little undersized. Down. I don't know. Jairus is a, is the Hulk. And then Sohan's been awesome this year. That's just like playmaking versatility, defensive awareness. That's really fun. That's stuff you build with. Yeah. And you get better in a hurry. Your whole team does. So that's all I got. Spurs fans love you. Go Spurs go. We give you so much time. See you in a couple months. Um, I think the Brandon Miller fit with Charlotte is pretty self-explanatory. Him playing off of Lamelo, I I think that's an awesome Excuse fit me. for them. Let, let's talk about that. the Magic. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the Magic a little bit. Because um, we both had a Thompson twin going there, but mm-hmm. different ones. So wh- why Asar to Orlando? I'm I'm still just extremely high on Asar. I that that'd be a little bit of a I'm not saying an awkward place, but I could see that being 
That's, I don't even know if that's a curveball there, but Asar, I'm just extremely high on because I think he's going to be able to offer a lot of versatility on both sides of the ball. I think he's got serious potential as a defender. I think there's a lot of talent. I know a man has the playmaking flashes and upside. I think Asar knows exactly. I think he's got great vision. It's just not as fancy, which, you know, there's there's highlight machines as passers. There's also guys that just know where the ball is supposed to go. They make the right play, and it's it's beautiful. But the highlights will always get the the spotlight. And Orlando's going to be in a spot. You know, in this projection, they've got two lottery picks. And I think Asar, with what they have grooming there in that roster, just fits really, really nice, in my opinion, with Franz, Paulo, um, you know, we, we, me and you have talked about how Asar can play off the ball. And that's why I think his, his floor might be a little bit higher than a men. And it's nothing against either of them. It's just, I think Asar has got all the tools and he's a little bit more groomed in which he might have a more seamless transition when it comes to the NBA. Cause he just plays hard. He's got, he's got athleticism. His shot looks like it's really taking the strides in the right direction. And I just like that fit. I think that's a good piece of the puzzle if you're a Magic fan. All right, let's move on to 6 through 10. So at 6, the Washington Wizards, we both had Nick Smith. Uh, 7, New Orleans Pelicans, we both had Keontae George. Uh, 8, the Indiana Pacers, I had Jet Howard. You had Jarris Walker. Uh, 9, the Toronto Raptors, I had Asar Thompson. You had Jet Howard. Um, And at 10, the Portland Trailblazers, we both had Cam Whitmore. Yeah, I'm a little shocked by the similarities we had. I thought yeah. I was going to be a little bit on a Looneyville, you know, with Cam Whitmore at Portland, but I respect that you had him too. Indiana's weird because as much as I just talked, I love jet. I I'm going down the list and every team I got to, I was like, they could take, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jarris. I was like, they could take Jarris. They could take Jarris. <laughs> they could uh, like, I got to, I'm serious. Metcalf. I got to Orlando. And I said, why, what if they put him next to Paulo? And I was just like, and it sounds crazy, but I was like, you have Jairus and Paulo playmaking. And then this is going to be just, everyone's going to turn their stereo off. And I said this, but I was like, could Jairus be like a Horace Grant when he joined the magic next to Shaq? I was just like, that's the impact you all of a sudden like are building something. And, And it probably won't happen, but I was just like, that's exciting. And then I get to Washington and I was like, fuck, they need Jairus Walker. Like the Washington needs that they, type they of piece. They just need that guy that kind of injects some nastiness. And then the New Orleans, I was like, oh gosh, if they put, if they drafted Jairus just to add to the mix. So it, I love him. But with every draft class, there's a guy that you'll love that goes later than you realize it's going to go. And when it got to Indiana, I just said, I think that's too much talent to ignore. Um, I know they re-signed Miles Turner. Everyone will tell me that. But Jairus, Halliburton, Matherin, ooh, um, Nemhart, like it's nice pieces. Keep yeah. adding. Like so, I just said Indiana is the type of team that say, "Hey, enough's enough." We 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 see the the upside, and I really like your fit of Jet going there, though. I will admit that. Um, let, let, let's talk Nick Smith to Washington for a let's, little bit. Let's talk um, about it. Is this, was this just a case of us trying to put 
a point guard with Washington since John Wall left, or um, is it combination of best player available? What, what what was the thought process for you? I, I I mean, so shout out for everyone that doesn't know Nick Smith's supposed to apparently return Saturday um, to the court. He's been out for a long time. So I'm excited about that. I think McAfee's going to have a strong finish of the year. I think I he's so. going to, well, I'm just saying, I think he's going to come back and be, you know, they're going to get to the tourney. I think they're going to go on a little bit of run. And all of a sudden it's going to become clear of Nick Smith is like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a top seven guy. And, yeah, I'm eager to put him with Washington, but I, I just think there's so much talent there. And it's tough when you're when you're trying to project a guard to be like, oh, he's going to be the point guard. Because I also think the NBA is just getting away from that. I mean, if you have two combo guards, two guys that can bring up the ball, it's like you're running the offense for either guy. You know, yeah. with Washington, they're going to run it through Bradley Beal. And Maybe Nick Smith's bringing the ball up to run a play for Bradley Bill. And it, so I don't know. I, I just like the idea there of him going there with his shooting, with his scoring ability, with his size. I mean, he's six four, six five, and and handles it like a point guard. So just putting him and Bill together, I like that idea. What about you? Yeah, it's kind of that whereas okay, this is a really talented prospect. Um, they can do a bit of everything on offense and can play kind of a myriad of roles where he can be that traditional point guard that's initiating the offense. Uh, he can be an ISO scorer. He can shoot off ball. He's a really good off ball shoot and spot up shooter. So I think he, it's a case where, you know, who knows how long Bradley Beal is going to be there. Um, but just assuming he is for the long run, I think Nick Smith is the guy who can take a lot of that ball handling and creation responsibility away from him and, you know, take some of that effort out of Beal's game, but then also be a legitimate weapon spotting up when Beal does go isolation and he is initiating the offense. So I, I just think it would improve their overall backcourt. Okay, we're going to play a fun game real quick before we move on. Just thought of it. Really, really proud of it, but I just thought of it. You have to project somebody else there that went after Nick Smith. Who would you go? Ooh, um... I know because it gets. I'm looking at the names, and so everyone that we've mentioned, you can't swap. But whoever you projected after Nick Smith, um, let's go with Star Thompson. Oh, because so okay, so you did that. I picked a Star at five. What about you? The problem is, is I go down the list and I'm like, we're, we just cleared up the log jam for Denny to start playing and he's played great. I'm really excited about that. So I don't want to draft another damn guy. That's just going to create this headache again. And I don't know what they're going to do with Kuzma. So you got to, I, I have no can, idea what they're doing with that entire roster. That, that is the we know how you one feel of about the that. few organizations that feels like they have no direction right now. The problem is, is I love every fan base and you get really, really antsy. Oh, I don't mind fan the fan base. base. I love wizards fans. I love them all. Leadership. Um, good, good. Um, is Anthony black too rich there? Oh, and I, I know that. how you feel about Anthony black. But I'm saying you have to add someone to the backcourt. Enough is enough. And I'm not drafting for just need. I'm saying you got it. Like, would you do Kaysen Wallace there? I, I would Woo! much rather go Kaysen. That's that's my hot take. I looked. I was like, what? Kaysen would be like the 
whoa, all right, you really like Kaysen, but I I would even rather go Jalen Hutchifino. That's way too rich at this point. Yeah, but you're talking like Jim Carrey Riddler. But but right, it, it, if you're forcing me to put someone in the backcourt, it'd be Kaysen then Hutchifino. Well, I'm just saying, like I'm not taking Keontae to put with Beal. No, that's too much of you know the Spider Man meme. Um, Whitmore doesn't make sense there. Nope. Taylor Hen. Okay. All right. All right. We moved on. We're, all right. Wish it, Washington's going to give us another headache this year. The whole Johnny Davis experience all over again. And then both of the picks are going to be great. Johnny's going to have an unbelievable sophomore year. We're going to speak it into existence. All right. Let, let's move on to 11 through 15. So at 11, uh, we both had the Orlando Magic taking Grady Dick at 12. Um, I thought I was going to, this was going to be a, a wild card. I me. did it. And I was really proud of this. I swear I did not. I was like, wow, this is so, creepy. So for Oklahoma city, we both had Taylor Hendricks, uh, which is a lot higher than I think either of us have them on our boards. Um, at 13, the Utah jazz, I had case Wallace. You had Anthony black at 14, the Utah jazz. I had Anthony black. You had Gigi Jackson, and at 15 for the Atlanta Hawks, I had Derek Whitehead, and you had Max Lewis. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about. Um, but after doing the mock, I quickly looked and I said, Grady Dick going to the Orlando Magic might be one of my early or my midseason favorite fits. Yeah. Because I was just thinking of it. I was like, woo, woo, like Franz, you got Grady Dick. Like, because now when you're a rebuilding team, I'm a big believer of, okay, you go get, go get your guy, go get the guy. You just got him, Paulo. The year before you got a really good guy, Franz. Um, Suggs, I still think very, very highly of. But now you need to go get the right pieces to start really having everything come together. Now, like Grady, adding someone like Grady Dick, who's like, there's our three-point specialist that has upside to be a three-level scorer. Got a little bit of nastiness. Smart player. That's a big addition if they can get him. And then earlier, you know, I had them get Nassar. I feel like Nassar would be like the, the gadget guy that has defensive lockdown upside. So Orlando's going to be in a fun spot yeah. in this class. I really do think that. And... um you know, even yours with a men and Grady Dick, you get the playmaking with great size and athleticism. And then you get Grady Dick with the shooting. I think Grady Dick would be pretty fun running off screens with a men Thompson throwing in passes. So love that. And it, it would make doubles on Paulo in the post or at the elbow impossible. Yes. Um, Grady Dick would constantly be cutting or relocating off of those, uh, the ball movement and, you know, including Franz it's, they're in a really fun spot to make some really fun. big moves. Um, we got to talk about Taylor Hendricks because I thought Fresh I was shot. going way out on a limb with this one. And then I, I see your results and you copied me. So No, I, I didn't. I, I swear. I would never <laughs> lie. I swear. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to shock the crap out of Metcalf when I do this. And then I was we like, get so out much. of town. I was, so I'm going to... I'm going to here. you go ahead because or I'm going to, Oh wait, hold on one second. Just, just pause. You know, I'm trying to give my honest rankings of, I'm starting to update my big board before we have to submit my composite. So this is honest truth. I updated my big board. 
it's not done yet. I just did my first run run around. I'll probably do five more runarounds before I submit it for next week. I have Taylor Hendricks at 19 right now. I have him at so 25. That, okay. So <laughs> so that's what me and Metcalf are saying is like just because you do have him in a certain place does not mean you can't think of having that fit. And the more I look at the board and where there's some guys around and the availability. I looked at this, I was staring and I was like, I think this makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people might be like, this is way too rich. And I'm like, I don't think it is like, I'm looking at all the names. OKC is getting Chet back next year. So you're basically getting another first rounder, which is going to be a pretty damn good first rounder. So I'm saying, what do they need? OKC is really close to like taking a, monumental step they're in the right good. direction they're it's and really well exciting coached. yes and i love their coach they're very fun like I, i'm telling you so i'm looking at it it's the 12th pick i was staring at anthony black i was like presty knows talent he's also not going to pass out talent does anthony black make sense i'm like no you're just adding another ball handler i was like as good as he is no i looked at Gigi jackson i was like i don't think that makes sense as good as Gigi is as good as he might be i don't think that makes sense um because there's just that i, I don't know and I, i'm not taking anything away from Gigi. i just didn't see it max lewis i was like maybe case wallace same story with the backstory or backcourt hood Shafino, i was like i love that but no so you're getting all these names and i don't think they're gonna go derek whitehead there and then I just kept looking at Taylor Hendricks and I was like, six nine shooter, yep. plays doesn't need to get a ton of touches, plays good defense, shot blocker, lot of upside, smooth, athletic. I was like, you put him with Chet, he can space the floor. Giddy and SGA are gonna do their stuff. You just have Hendricks play good defense next to Chet. I was like, this makes some sense. Like I, I just there's always a pick that seems a little early and it gets us like, whoa, but it, you know, last year, Jalen Williams and Usman Jiang, they look like they're going to turn out pretty good. So I was proud of this one and I'm damn proud of you, Metcalf, for putting <laughs> him there too. No, <laughs> why'd I, you do it? Why'd you do it? I, Hit me with I had the exact same thought process. I was going through my board. I'm like, all right, who in this range makes sense? And it's like, all right, cool. A bunch of guards and guard type wings who can't really shoot. I'm like, well, I, feel like the Thunder have a ton of that already. And let's look at the guys who they have taken recently. It's guys who, you know, really versatile frames. So they're tall, they're lengthy, they're athletic. They're really smart players. They know how to move the ball. They aren't shot happy. They aren't, you know, selfish by any means. So, you know, then you look at what they need and okay, they need shooting and rim protection. Oh, look, Taylor Hendricks is an awesome shooter and an awesome shot blocker. It just kind of made sense. So even though I have him in like the mid twenties, it's like, why? There's always at least one guy who goes a lot higher or later than where I have him ranked. Um, oftentimes it's a lot of guys. Um, so it's like, why wouldn't this be that guy? Because he can come in, he can be your six, nine shooting guard, or he can play power forward for you. He can provide a lot of versatility in that lineup and immediately fill some of the holes that where they're lacking at without detracting or being redundant with who they already have on the roster. 
the the big thing is like everyone I think is getting everyone's like, oh, you know, Taylor Hendricks came out of nowhere. And I read Jeremy Wu, shout out, friend of the program. Um he just put up a recent thing, uh, like a draft buzz piece. And he was talking about, you know, guys he just went to go see. And he's like, I wanted to go see Taylor Hendricks. And he basically pointed out, and I'm sorry if I don't get this right 100%, but he's basically like, everyone thinks Taylor Hendricks came out of nowhere. He was a four-star recruit. He was getting recruited by big programs. He went to UCLF, UCF because they said, we'll take your brother too. So, I mean, like, I love that. He's just like, no, I want to be with my bro. Like, if you take him, I'm coming. And they're like, all right, let's do it. But you're looking at, he's averaging almost 15 and eight. He's flirting with 50, 40, 80 yeah. at six, nine. Like, I'm not saying this is a need pick, but this is Sam Presti looking and being like, this is my last piece of the puzzle in which we start really pushing, you know, to overdrive. Like, then you have your five, man. You have your four, man. You have wing depth you have nasty backcourt you got all these tools and it just then you'd have zhang in year two like you got size you got length you got shooting you got playmaking you got defense like that just seems like a last piece of the puzzle and i'm not drafting need i'm not trying to reach there i just think that's the one that like that makes some sense to me um and and like i said i have them 19th on my board but i'm going through the list of guys and i'm like Kaysen Wallace is never going to play. Like, we still haven't brought up Trey Mann. Like, um, and like, I like Chris Murray. That could be a what, but Hendricks might be a higher upside Chris yeah. Murray that's two years younger, you know? So, I don't know. Enough time on the vent. Thunder up. <laughs> All right. Um, anything in 13 through 15 that stood out to you? Or you um, yeah, you gave, you gave the Jazz two point guards. How are we feeling? Um, I mean, I, I think I just kind of diversified their ball handling. Um, okay. So I, I I think you can play Anthony Black on the wing because he's big enough to defend wings. Um, and I think personally, I think his defense has gotten a little overrated this year. I think he's a good defender, but he kind of gets pegged as this kind of elite defender. And I don't think he has the foot speed um, or the kind of technique necessarily to really defend down. And I don't think he has the speed to defend uh, NBA point guards. So I think if you're putting him on a uh, shooting guard or small forward or power forward, then I think his kind of defense really be, um, takes it up a, a level because then he has the foot speed to stick with most of those guys and the size to kind of handle their physicality as well. And then play point guard on offense. And then Casey Wallace is a point guard, obviously. Um, and his off ball shooting has been tremendous this year. So even when, you know, it's kind of the same thing where you talked about with Nick Smith um, playing alongside Beal, obviously very different players. But even when Anthony Black would, you know, hypothetically be initiating the offense, Case and Wallace could still be on the floor with him playing more of that off ball role, second side creator um, or and, you know, providing a little more spacing for Black. And then defensively, now you have Case and Wallace defending ones and twos while Black is defending wings. So um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of view them as different positions. I like it. I, I understand it. That's also a good way to just be like, if you really like those guys, there's your backcourt. You know, you're growing them together. Um, t- last thing, t- talk to me about Dariq, and then we'll get past the, you know, 15. Talk to me about Dariq. I'm struggling. And I know he he's hurt. He's waiting to come back. But, like, I don't know where to value him 
I, I haven't seen the flashes of Duke that I wanted to see Same. that I saw at high school. Um, because everyone's like, Oh, he starting to look more of himself. And I'm like, okay, we're still a long way away from what I watched. <laughs> and I just never saw the, the nastiness defensively that I wanted to see. And I think that's the last, that's maybe what's keeping me from buying back in. Like right now, it's not that I'm out. I'm just pacing around the room, sweating profusely <laughs> nervous. Yeah. I mean, so I'm coming into the year. I had him at three and I, you know, it's okay. kinda, I kind of held him there with an asterisk for m- most of the year because I wanted to give him time to get back. And I'm just incredibly glad that that injury wasn't worse than, yes. you know, what we thought it was. Um, so I don't know. It's tough because I, I kind of want to chalk this up as in the similar vein of Zaire Williams's freshman year at Stanford, where it was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And it was just the year from hell. Um, I not, he's so talented. I still really buy the shot. Uh, some of like the on ball space creation stuff that he showed, I thought was really impressive, but you know, he had hit this beautiful step back and then take four really bad mid-range pull-ups in a row. It's like, bro, what are you doing? And he didn't have that burst getting to the rim. Uh, that elevation didn't seem to be there. I don't know if that's still just his foot being at like 75, 80% and not having the confidence in it that he did, you know, in high school or just not being fully in game shape um, like he was. So I don't know. It, it just feels like everything that could go wrong with him did go wrong. And if I get to, you know, pick 15 and that, you know, at least theoretical talent is still sitting there and I can take that big home run swing on a guy like that, that could really, you know, if he does hit, we're talking about a guy who could be an all-star. I'm going to, I'm going to take that swing. So that that's kind of where I'm at with him. Is there a world where he gets back into the top 10? Yeah. And if he comes back and, you know, just, is scorching down for the rest of the season. Sure. But I don't think that that's super likely because I, mean, we talked about the foot injury, you know, coming back from that calf injury, it's questionable. Um, Right. Who knows if he even does come back because I, obviously I I don't know the severity of it or um, you know, how it relates, but Carl Anthony Towns strained his calf and it looked like he tore his Achilles in almost a really similar fashion. He did that, you know, eight weeks ago and they were saying six to eight weeks and he'll be back. He's not coming back anytime soon. So with guys like Derek, who historically have been so explosive and they really rely on that ability to push off like that, I think it, could be scary and you want to be really careful with it because if you're tearing your Achilles at 18, that is, that is not good for your future outlook. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. He's, he's in a weird spot because obviously he wants to get healthy play, but um, if you get healthy and, you know, obviously I want every one of those guys to be able to contend for a title and play in the tournament play March madness. But if someone looked at Derek right now and was like, Hey, if you wait and you'll be a hundred percent, cause I don't think he's been a hundred percent all year. I think no, he's been 60 to 80. Um, if someone was like, Hey, you'll be a hundred percent for workouts. 
You can and do a lot of stuff in workouts. When would, they, would it shock you, like a guy like that lighting up a workout? No, and it, and that's what it. If he if he if I was so I'm say I'm a scout, patting my back. Um, Congrats! On I'm the a scout and I watch him. What'd you say? Congrats on the new job. Thanks, appreciate it. Still, still, still faithful to no ceilings. You can't afford me. Um, I go see Duke this year. Hypothetical. I see Dariq. I'm like, hey, he looks sixty percent struggle. Like, I, I, it's not the high school kid I saw. And then I go see him in a workout, and he's just flying all over the place. Looks great. I'm like, there he is. That's the guy I had as a top ten prospect. And then you probably take little bits of like what you saw with the Duke film. Put them in your brain of like, okay, like not the athleticism part, but you're like processing, decision-making, awareness off the ball, like stuff like that. But you see him in a workout and he's just flying like a high schooler again. You're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then it, that's where teams, if you're picking 12th, you're, yeah, Dariq's there. If Dariq's there, we're taking him. So you, you never know. But I spent too much time on that. Thank you. I have to say one thing. Or no, go ahead. And then I'm going to yell at you. So go ahead. Yeah. very exciting yeah. all right um so at 16 for the lakers i had jalen huchafino you had case and wallace uh 17 for the warriors i had ran repair you had jalen huchafino uh 18 for the trailblazers i had gg jackson you had chris murray uh 19 to the knicks i had max lewis you had jordan hawkins and 20 to the nets which was the suns when we originally did this um i had bryce sensabaugh and you had colby jones so I I teased you because I said I was going to yell at you. I'm also going to yell at myself. I projected Casey Wallace to the Lakers. I love you, Laker fans. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's a, I'm a Celtics fan. I don't. Um, but I'm rooting for you guys. You had a good day today. Hold on a minute. Um, and then you had Hutchfina going there, and I was just like mad at me, mad at you. Like two <laughs> of my favorite prospects I had gone to the Lakers. Um, but I like both of them going there. Um, I liked your little root pair at 17. I was proud of that. I still love Hujifino to be the resurrected version of Sean Livingston for the Warriors. The funniest is since the ball going to Brooklyn, him and Cam Thomas will average 80 a game. So buckets galore. You want that Brooklyn should do that and then just remake their slogan. Do you want buckets? Brooklyn Knicks basketball. <laughs> I just broke my headphones because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> um, okay, so talk to me about Casey Wallace. What? Why? Why is he falling out of your lottery? He, uh, I, I, I mean, I could have taken him six. <laughs> He's just the guy. I think I. Where do I have him? Um, I, I absolutely love him. I still love him. I moved him up. Um, but I just, I was doing this and I was like, I could see him slipping through the cracks. I could see him going higher. I got him at 11. Okay. He's done everything I want him to do this year. And he keeps putting up big performances. I think he had a, he just had a game against Arkansas. I think he had like 20 plus points with four or five steals or something. Like it's just, he's had like five of those games this year. You're looking up, he had like, he had five steals, he had six steals. Like he is a problem defensively like he is going to be awesome at the next level because he's just a he's so strong and me and you talked about this preseason he's so much fun to watch when he blocks shots he's like got that chase down that like all right bet 
try me. Like he just knows he has great timing. And I think he's one of those guys that's in like a different gear than the everybody else. When, especially when he's on defense, he's just like, I'm going at the speed that I know I'm going to be able to attack you right at the last second. And I, I have him going 16th Metcalf. I could see him going top eight. I, I just think some team, it takes one team and someone's going to fall in love with them. It, that's a, you get him in for an interview and you're like, Oh gosh, we love Casey Wallace. And we have Nick Smith going to the wizards. It wouldn't shock me if that ended up being Casey Wallace. Like I, I think that highly of him. I just think there's also going to be some teams that are like, Hey, he didn't, he didn't unleash everything at Kentucky, which we've seen before. Um, are you still not buying it, or are you just like... No, I, I have Kaysen at 12. I, I'm very much in on Kaysen. I, the problem is, is I think he's just an easy... There's nothing such... There's no such thing as easy valuations, but he seems just like a you get it. Like, yeah. okay, I get it. I know what he is. My only thing I'm going to keep thinking of the whole year is, am I underestimating the ceiling? is there way more to the game that I'm not giving credit for? That's all I'm thinking of. My only hesitation really with him is that he can get a little, little too passive. Um, Yes. And I, I, maybe that's something where, you know, once he's in an NBA context playing with, you know, better players around him, maybe that's something that really benefits him down the line because he's not just trying to take over games by himself but at Kentucky, I kind of want to see it. And there have been a lot of games where he, they could have used him to do that. So that that's kind of my only like gripe with him. I, I other than that, everything else he everything else he does is just really good. I mean, he's awesome defender, solid passer. The shooting's been a lot better than I think we anticipated coming into the year. Um, and on good volume, uh, good at rim finisher, good rim pressure, like. The playmaking is not super dynamic, but it's controlled. He moves the ball. He understands how to run an offense. He's just really good. He, I, I apologize earlier. Um, earlier in the year against Michigan State, he had eight steals. Sorry. Um, how dare you get that? Wrong. And then he had five steals against Kansas. He just had three steals against Arkansas. But his last six games, he's averaging 16 four and three and two steals one and a half blocks with shooting splits of 54 39 88 and that was a big area throughout the year that i was worried about was his free throw i was like why is his shooting so good from deep and his free throws are garbage so 88 percent in the last six games we're trending in the right direction but i just i don't know what else he's got to do i mean he's averaging two steals a game for the season right now yeah um He's shooting 48, 40, almost 70 from the free throw line. Like that free throw percentage is going up. I don't know, Metcalf. I, I don't know. Because he just has some games where he gets on heaters. Like he's had 27. He's had 24. He's had 20. And um, he's also had games where he's had nine assists a couple times. Like I, I just think he's shown that he does a lot of stuff on the basketball court and he can impact the game in a ton of ways. So might just be one that I'm overthinking. But I, like I said, I – I looked at my board and I was like, I'm moving him up. I love him. Like, why, why not? So. All right. Anything else in that kind of 16 to 20 range that stood out to you? Um, yeah. Why are you trying to hide that you're starting to love repair? What, what's going on? When did I hurt you? 
Well, I I I, I just want to know why you hate Rupert and I don't, and you don't even I just, have him in the top twenty. God. No, I don't. I don't hate him there. I, I I moved him up a good amount on my board. Probably going to. Um, I just was doing the mock, and I'm 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 trying to find it. If someone's going to take him in the top twenty, I just I'm trying to find it. Yeah. That. Um, that one for me was kind of a little similar to the Hendricks pick, where it's like, yes, I I don't quite have him ranked that high yet. Could I see myself getting there? Absolutely. Do I think a team in the top twenty is going to take him? I do, and just that that fit with Golden State, I just I really liked it. Yeah, like I, it it sounds insane, but I even like I got to Portland. And I was just like, that's a team that would believe in him. Um, okay, see, I paused, and then I was like, well, they just did that with Zhang. I don't think they're going to do it again. They see, OKC just seems like a team. They're like, we need to hit a double this year. We don't need to swing for the fences. We need to hit a double. Um, and then you get to Utah, and I was like, that could make sense. So, like, there's going to be someone in that range. Um, and now Portland has... Oh gosh, I just figured it out. Yeah, Portland's got two lotto pick. Or Portland's gonna have a so it's going to Portland if the Knicks are not in the lottery. They're gonna take repair. Sons of guns. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I really, really like him. I think he's trending in the right direction. I think he's going to be a top twenty pick a hundred percent. I just trying to find out who's the team. And I maybe I just did it while we're on the air. So <laughs> Ripsy, rise up. Um, that's all I. I mean, okay. Well, oh, what about Max Lewis? You just cooling down a little bit. You think he? I, I, I've kind of always, I've kind of always had him in this range. Um, this would kind of be the lower end of it. Let's see, uh, one second. Uh, and I, I have him ranked seventeen. Um, you know, we we've talked about him a lot. I the the shot is really impressive. Um. I really like what he's trying to do as an on-ball creator. He's just not ready for that yet, but getting these reps in now is going to pay dividends down the line. So, you know, I, I, I like the direction he's headed. I think he's still really raw. I hate the defense. I think it's awful. Um, and, you know, at that position, you have to kind of defend um, at least somewhat, unless you go to a spot where you're surrounded by defenders. Um, putting him with the Knicks, I think that's shooting at on the wing would just be a really nice fit. I think that'd be a great spot for him to kind of learn how to defend. Um, because he, he just like, I know he's relatively new to basketball. So he just kind of seems like a kid who's always defended because he's just been bigger than a lot of the guys he's played. And when he goes up against those guys who are more athletic and who are bigger, it really shows. So I'm just not quite sure what he brings to the table right now other than the shooting and the shooting is incredible so i i like him long term i think it's just going to be a little more of a process he's uh he's quietly hit a little bit of a patch and i don't know if a lot of people realize it but i've been i've been tracking lately and i'm like oh max we hit, we hit that wall you know everyone talks about the rookie wall i think max is hitting that college wall right now like he was just scorching yeah um his first 17 games he was averaging 20 six and or 20 points 6.2 rebounds 2.9 assists on shooting splits of 51 42 85 his last eight games 
He's averaging 15.1 points, 5.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists, shooting splits of 42, 20, 80. Mm, that's not so, well, it's just, and, and early in the year, we talked about this. Like someone's like, Hey, like, I really like Max Lewis. Um, but he might have a little bit more of a learning curve when he gets to the NBA level as a rookie than people realize. And I think you find out like it, it, you can jump on people and become all of a sudden this star. But the longer you go in the season, the more tape people are getting, the more time coaches are getting to prepare for you. And how are we going to shut down Maxwell Lewis in two weeks? And, you know, everyone's got assignments. So this will tell me a lot if he snaps out of this. Like, get out of it. You're in a funk. Get out of it. You know, and um, I, I love this. As an evaluator, I absolutely love yeah. this. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, now I get to go watch those games see what's going on and see when he's going to all of a sudden click and get out of it. Cause all it takes is one game. And the guy's like, okay, my shot's back. And there's also stuff going on behind the scenes that I'm not saying it's happening right now, but you find out stuff, you get little breadcrumbs. It's, you know, maybe it's an injury that he's playing through or maybe something's going on, but I still like him a ton. Um, I've cooled on him a little bit and I, I understand where you have him at your area, but I still like him going to Atlanta. I think that's another one. But then they got yeah. Sadiq Bay, so sons of guns. All right, I'll, let's move on to the to the next group. So at twenty one, uh, Miami Heat. I had Jordan Hawkins. You had Terquavion Smith at twenty two. The Clippers. I had Kobe Jones. You had Derek Whitehead. Twenty three. The Kings. I had Adembona. You had Rupert. Yes. At twenty four, the Brooklyn Nets. I had Deron Holmes. You had Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, at 25 for the Pacers, I had Terquavion, and you had Andre Jackson. Damn right, I had Andre Jackson there. How many picks did you get a Dembona in your mind? When, when did it start? Like four? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of thought about him to Brooklyn at 20. Um, that makes some sense. I mean, especially behind Claxton, you'd just be saying, we're going to just breed bigs that play good defense down low and yeah i the, claxton's their only size i love claxton he's had oh, such yeah, a good he's, year he's incredible um but that's the thought process is like what you'd be like we just did this let's do it again let's let's get another great energy big man and just keep you know be patient do you see what happens when you let someone develop and take your time and don't rush it? I mean, year three Claxton's been just fantastic. If they're not an MVP candidate by year two, they're a bust rucker. Everyone I'm sick knows of this. it. I'm tired <laughs> of it. We have to have a rule. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, by the way, off topic. I wanted to suggest this two podcasts ago and I want to see, I want I'm, I'm going to throw it at you. Curveball. You love this. You love when I do this. I want to make a rule. And I'm not I'm not shouting out or calling out any other podcast. I just want to make a rule for our podcast. And if you approve of it right now, it's going to be the first rule for the No Ceilings NBA Draft Show. I think we can't do a redraft if it's the year if it's the last year. We got to wait like two or three years. To, I, I'm going to say three years to do redrafts. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, my rule. Per, yeah, I'm a, I a thousand percent agree. Okay, raise your right hand. And say that. <laughs> That's the rule. That's the we rule. can't redraft for three years. Okay, perfect. So we're not doing a redraft of last of this year's class next year. No, no, no. Three years. Okay. Thank you. Um, let's let the guys develop a little bit. Jeez, it just drives me crazy. Any hooser. 
Um, I still love my Turkavion to Miami. Um, I was proud of the Derek at 22 to the Clippers, but now you're going to tell me that's way too late. And I don't I, care. Yeah, it is. It is too late, but I don't care. If someone also would go trade up for him. What am I talking about? Um, it's really funny. This is, this is actually hilarious. So I had Colby Jones going to the Brooklyn at 20, which now is Brooklyn after the Suns trade. And then I had Sensible going 24th, and you had Sensible going to the Suns. <laughs> so basically, we both think Sensible is going no matter what. He's destined to end up with his soulmate, Cam Thomas. Goes. Oh, gosh. Buckets. Good you boy. want buckets? <laughs> Welcome to Brooklyn Nets basketball. I love it. Um. What else you got? I liked your Deron Holmes pick too. I, I really did. Yeah, and I'm sorry. You had you had Holmes going to Brooklyn. I'm an idiot. Okay. Yeah, sure. no, I know you are, but I'm sorry. <laughs> still the same concept though. I still like Holmes a lot. So what what is keeping Andre Jackson in the first round for you? I put him there because I think that's Indiana having multiple picks they have three first round picks yeah. and i just projected him to indiana as indiana thinking like hey we can unlock the upside it's the end of the first round this is a worthy roll of the dice i'm looking at the rest of the board they're like there is a drop in this class um there's a there's going to be a drop and it's going to be a little ugly um and when i got to indiana there i i, I spent some time on some of these picks that I could not stand. I was like, I'm, I'm way overthinking this. Um, like Indiana, I was like, man, I like Mike miles there. And I was like, no, they have a Nembhard. I love Nembhard. Like, and then I just kept going through guys. I was like, well, Jalen Wilson. And I was like, what about lively? What about clowny? And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like I just, because I gave them Jarris earlier and I was like, they re-signed miles Turner. Why are they doing this? Isaiah Jackson's still there. So I don't know. Indiana was a little bit of like a, all right, let me just throw this out and say I still believe it. Where would you have gone if you were me instead of – that's a fun little wrinkle – instead of Andre Jackson? I know you picked – I, I, I don't dislike the pick. I like Andre Jackson a lot. Um, he, I, I just kind of struggle with he, – he seems like this real big swing where either he's going to work out really well in the NBA or he's not going to last to a second contract. Um and I think that's a team like that can afford that big swing because I drafted yeah. him as thinking he's a uh, he's an early seventh or eighth guy that's just a fun gadget yeah. game wrecker um, that could help you really get cooking with some stuff and I don't know I kind of liked it but yeah right. now you made me <laughs> no I just asked stare it. at the ceiling for eight hours tonight. <laughs> Listen to Hello Darkness, my old friend. What, what about your your range? Did you like anyone especially besides Bona? Um, I, I think Colby Jones would be a really good fit with the Clippers. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I think Hawkins and same with Hawkins and the Heat. Um, just that on-ball defense, that arrogance, and I mean that a, in a good way. Um, his off-ball shooting, his off-ball movement, which I – just broke down at no ceilings nba.com it's 100 free go check it out um I, I i just think he would be a really good fit and add some shooting that that team really needs um and then just to as that kind of heat check backup point guard 
um, or shooting guard, whatever you want to play him as to the Pacers. Um, I, I think that could be a lot of fun. I actually really like that fit. That's a good one. Um, here's the problem with this class. And I really like this class. I think Jordan Hawkins 100% should be going top 20. Like you have him at 21. Yeah. I think that's fine because the, the guy could slip right away. Turkavion should be going. I've seen too much growth from Turkavion this year, top 20. But this is fit. I don't know where to go. Like I, I'm right. looking at mine and Golden State's not going to put Turkavion and Jordan Poole together. I mean, don't copy Brooklyn Nets basketball <laughs> all about buckets. We don't need that hour out here. But I'm, I'm trying to be serious. Like, it's just kind of weird because there's some weird fits. Um, and I really like like Jordan Hawkins. I love Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. If someone took him in the lottery, I'd be like, heck yeah. Like I he just been doing some great stuff. And like, I like if it. Orlando, like if Grady we both had Grady Dick yes. going eleven yes. to Orlando, yes. say Grady Dick goes earlier. And Which like, could happen. Jet Howard's not on the board either. Yes. Why why not? Here's a oh wow. I just figured this out. You know who Grady Dick could go to Portland. Yeah, maybe come on he'd be perfect in rip city i i think Grady dick could go a lot of places and i he, i just like oh gosh, i he could if he went to orlando earlier. as early as five that wouldn't shock me the problem is is i didn't want to say this because i didn't want the no ceilings crew to try to check me into arkham Howard. asylum he there's a lot of guys that could go top seven that we're not like I jet could go five yeah. to me. Um, Grady Dick could go top seven. Um, Anthony black could go up there, even though I know you're not crazy high on him, but he could go up there because the idea of yeah. him is really oh, intriguing for front offices. It's just a little crazy. And so I'm just like Jordan Hawkins could be going up to yeah like him at orlando at 11 i really like that fit actually like that's a fun one so i don't know i'm right there with you i also could see utah being like hey we really we want to get a point guard and a guy that can just shoot the crap out of the ball i don't know yeah all right well let's finish this up with uh 26 memphis grizzlies i had chris murray you had Derek lively uh 27 utah jazz we both had noah Clowney. uh 28 Houston Rockets. Uh, I, I'm guessing our thought process here was the same. Yeah. Um, I went with Sasser. You went with Mike Miles. Uh, Hornets. I went with Kobe Bufkin. You went with Jalen Wilson. And at 30, the Indiana Pacers. I went with Lively. You went with Nikola Jurisic. Let's let's keep the Lively talk to the end because I know we're probably going to have some thoughts. And yeah. I'm actually really excited to talk to you about Lively. Um Sasser's starting to turn the corner. Yeah. Sort He's of. He's kind of been the same. I mean, he just, just had more that monster. He just had a monster shooting game. Um, Stat I think check. yesterday or two, or two, two days ago. Um, their, their last game. Um, I think he went like 10 of 15 from the floor and hit like eight threes or something. So, I mean, he was, he put up like 28 or something um, in pretty low minutes, I believe. Um, I'll see. I'll wait for sport reference to ever load the game log stats out. Here we go. Last eight games. Oh, Metcalf. 
Last eight games, 17.8 points on shooting splits of 46, 44, 82. Yeah. Sasser. Marcus Sasser. Who's back of the week? Marcus Sasser. Um, I, I just like to see that trending in the right direction. I could see him going there. That makes a lot more sense. I had Mike Miles. I just, I'm right there with you. I thought that the idea yeah. of getting them. Just a fucking point guard. It's not even that. It's, they need the arrogant, I don't give a crap, I'm a rookie point yeah. guard. And I think Marcus Asser and Mike Miles are both those guys. And arrogance they, oh, in the best way. Yes, they need the guy that's, say, like, I, I'm i convinced Mike Miles and Marcus Sasser will go toe-to-toe with any opposing point guard any night and say, I don't care, check the ball. And Houston needs that. And yeah. that's not – I root for that whole team. I root for every team. I like Houston. They have a lot of stuff going on there that needs to come together, but they need, you do not need a home run in this draft with that pick. You need to get a dog. You mm-hmm. need a guy that's just going to, you know, play his ass off every night. And, oh gosh, Silas in that, le- I don't know if you saw that press conference when he was just like going crazy. <laughs> I was like, man, give my man a hug. He's not going to be there much longer. No. <laughs> um, what else did you like before we get to the Blue Devil? Um, I like Jalen Wilson to Charlotte, but I'm biased. Why yeah, is no I, one liking Jalen Wilson anymore? What's going he's, on? Because he's old and doesn't have the most efficient shooting numbers, even though he's playing a role that he'll never sniff in the NBA. Um, I, I still have Jalen Wilson. I, I have a first-round grade on Jalen Wilson still. He just didn't end up in my first round on this. Um I, I have him uh, – where do I have him? I think I have him a lot earlier than some people – oh, I have him at 27, but I've already looked – yeah, I've looked and I've already want to move him up for like three pieces or three people. Yeah, so I, I don't mind him in Charlotte. Um, I just – I really wanted to sneak Kobe Bufkin into the first round. And I know you did. I I like him playing that kind of combo combo guard alongside LaMelo Ball. Um he's just good he's just a good basketball player um whether he comes out this year or next he's going to be in the nba okay no no i don't want that answer i i mean you and john hollinger are putting him in the first round so i need the truth i don't you know i want the truth is he a first rounder this year don't no biasy no michigan bias i need no, I the I, truth no, come on i, I removed that because metcalf i wrote about this in my piece and no ceilings nba.com go check it out it's absolutely free I wrote about this in my piece. I spotlighted Kobe Bufkin. And I said, there's a drop in this class. There's a drop. And every time around the, the midway point of the season, scouts are starting to get around. They're start, we're all doing it. We get a, a good grasp for the class. And then all of a sudden, someone puts a beacon in the sky and is like, hey, look at me. And I think Kobe Bufkin's that guy. Dalen Terry was it last year. He just got on a heater towards the end of the year. Um, Malachi Branham, we thought was maybe a next year guy, turned out to be a this, you know, this year guy. So I think Buffkin could be that late riser to really make some steam and get up there and be like, hey, I'm I'm here. And you know, the damn pre-draft terminology, like maybe that's a Buffkin thing. And I he's a sophomore, but he should be a freshman, correct? Like his um, age wise. Like he, he, he he's a young sophomore. Yeah. Right in the beginning of the year. Yeah. So like I think that's right. 
I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there's there's some nice tools, and I've liked that he he's nasty. He'll go rebound. I like rebounding guards, and um, I like I like it. I I think that's the range where if you get at the end of the first round, you'd be like, yes, yes, let's develop them. It's a solid piece. So, yeah. So to answer your question from five minutes ago, yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm so excited. I love the draft. I just love this shit. I I I, I do. I think he's a first rounder. Um, just looking at the order that we have here, really anywhere from Brooklyn, Indiana, Memphis, Utah, Houston, Charlotte. I like him in all those places. Um, honestly. So I, I just think he does. He just contributes to winning basketball and the leap he's taken as a player and physically from last year to this year has been astounding. Um, the kind of pull-up shooting still isn't entirely there, but his space creation has improved. His mid-range pull-up has improved. His defense is awesome. He has some of the quickest hands on defense in the country. Really good Ooh. rebounder, like you said, um, and just works his ass off from, you know, start from, from tip to whistle. So it's, he's just one of these guys where I, I think he's going to stick in the league for a long time. Will he be a star? Will he be a big time starter? Probably not, you know, but is he going to be a guy that contributes to winning basketball on basically a nightly basis? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let's do this. The Derek lively hour. Um, take, take it away. So he's, He's playing much better. Playing, yeah. playing, playing much, much better. Talk to me. You've been kind of slowly pushing the like, hey, his shot blocking's legit. I know he's not playing big minutes or he's not putting up eye-opening numbers, but his shot blocking is legit. So you're probably not surprised at the recent, you know, heater he's on. Um did you watch you? Did you watch the North Carolina game? Because he was not to it yet. But I heard he was awesome. Yeah, he's just. It, it was. Uh, it was the game. It was yeah. the okay. Like, can you build like, off? Oh, this? there he is. Yeah, like oh, well, he looks like a guy that's finally being confident. And yeah, him and Shire had a big hug after the game, and I was like, okay, is this the start of something? And then they just played Miami and got their ass kicked, but he still played good. So I don't know. Um, his where are we at? I mean, well, you need to watch that game first, and that game is probably going to get you really dangerous in your feelings. But I, I watched that game and I said, he's not top twenty in my mind, but this is an end of the first, like late first, that someone's like, there's our backup big, go play fantastic defense, be a rim protector, let's let all the skills you know develop with time. Because like the the North Carolina game, he was all, he's all excuse my French, he's all over the fucking place. Like I was just like, this dude's just playing passionate, angry. He's he looked just free. Like okay, and he played extended minutes. It's about damn time. The first game of the year, he played over twenty three or twenty four minutes. He played thirty four minutes against North Carolina. Weird what happens when you let elite prospects play. Yeah, so. Um, his last, let me just get this up. Like everyone's going to look at this and be like, Oh, it's not that great. But his last five games, he started three of them. He's played 21 minutes. He's averaging six, eight and four blocks. Um, Oh, that wasn't including Miami. Sorry. 
shout out sport reference for not having it. But um, if you want to give your thoughts, I'll get the updated numbers. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I, I just think his defense has been a lot better than it's he's gotten credit for all season. And uh, and mainly it's the rim protection. Um, his timing on rotations and weak side blocks has been excellent. Uh, really springy, obviously, which is you know what, what was one of his calling cards coming into the year. And on defense, I think that's where he's really been able to show a lot of his athleticism and physical gifts because he has shown flashes of being able to kind of switch on the perimeter. Obviously not full-time. That's not what you want him doing. But if he's forced to switch on a guard late in the clock or something, he can move his feet enough to stay with them for the most part. Um, His technique and footwork on the perimeter isn't great and he'll get blown by but he has the athleticism and the length to recover and you know turn away a layup from a smaller guard so i think defensively he's been awesome some of the pick and roll positioning stuff it needs work um but you know he's a young kid so with coaching that's something you would expect to improve because i think he's shown enough that the the awareness and the physical gifts are there the offensive side is still where i have a ton of questions Everything he's doing right now is dunks. I mean, it's you had the amazing he, stat earlier in the year. Go ahead. He he just he has no idea what to do on offense. Right. He he'll screen and then just stand there when there's a wide open lane to roll into. Um, he doesn't turn the right way when he screens. He isn't given the ball to post up or you know do anything from the elbow i think some of the passing flashes he's shown are encouraging and intriguing but the processing is really slow and it pauses with him basically every time he touches the ball i don't know if it's just a symptom of the weird role and you know the very short leash he's been given um all season but he looks really timid on offense and really unsure of himself. And then on defense, he looks super confident. I put that the best way. I mean, he looks terrified offensively. Yeah. Unless it's a shot attempt and he can go dunk the shit out of the ball. Then he's like, all right, great. Here we go. But I mean, his last four games, he's averaging 7.8 points, nine rebounds, 5.3 blocks. Um, and he's shooting 68%, but his usage is also 11% in four games. So it's just, I'm at the point now where I'm watching him and I'm rooting for him. Like yeah. I was rooting for him before, but now I'm really rooting for him because I'm seeing that he's he looks just like a guy that needs confidence surgeon. And now I'm like excited to watch every game because I'm like, is this the stretch where you start to come alive? And we start to really entertain the idea of like, okay, there's talent, there's upside here. It's just now we got to figure out where we're going to put you in the range because I, people are going to be like, oh, he should go back. And I'm like, I don't know if he should. If he keeps playing like this with the shot blocking upside and the rebounding, it's like someone's going to still believe in the tools because I mean, you talk about you get seven footers in the gym playing against an empty chair, they look pretty damn good to some front office guys. So I don't know. I, I'm starting to be a fan. I just, I mean, I'm not top 20 fan, but I think it makes some sense to get his defensive side is fantastic sometimes. Yeah. And just to kind of speak on the shot blocking a little more and his yeah. block rate is 14.3 right now uh, to put that in context since 2008, that is the 39th highest in all of college basketball. Jeez. Um, 
And for further reference, Walker Kessler had the highest shot block or block rate of 18.8 last year. So obviously four points or 4% is a lot, but that's the kind of realm that he's in as a shot blocker right now. And well, block rate tends to uh, translate pretty well. And I mean, I just mocked him to Memphis because I was like, yeah, let throw him behind Jaron Jackson. You know, obviously they have Steven Adams, but I was like, talent, draft the talent, see if you can put it together. And then if you all of a sudden you have another piece like that, I, I don't know. I just like him. Um, it, it, it's a weird one. Because now it's like, okay, now I actually need to go back and watch a lot of Lively because it's just, I don't know. He's become he's becoming a very, very fascinating case study, yeah. especially for a number one high school recruit. Um, Just play the damn kid. Just play yeah. him, Shire. Let, let, let him do something on offense. Empower him to do something and teach him how to screen, for God's sake. I mean, for God's sake, teach the kid how to screen. Um. Anything else on Lively? No, I, I'm pretty good with that. Um, you got anything else? Any guys you're starting yeah. to heat up on? Or what, what What were some of the names that you were surprised didn't make it? Oh, boy. Here we go. Or that were in your kind of first round that didn't end up making the draft or your your mock. So Jalen Wilson fell out for me. Um, Julian Phillips was another one who I have in my top 30 that didn't quite make it. Um, I, I, I didn't have Deron Holmes in my first, I, I think I'm going to have him in my top 30. Um, Filipowski, I've got just outside. I still think he's going to be a guy that goes, but I, I, I can't, if you're going to ask me right now to talk about Filipowski, I can't do it because I need to watch way more. When I watched that North Carolina game, I was not impressed i'm kind of out oh wow so here we are <laughs> i feel like beginning of the year we were out and then we were like oh we're kind of in and now i'm like this north carolina game i he, he had some some ghost factor to me i was like well phil, phil Powski's out there i was like i noticed lively out there and i was just like that was not what i was expecting today um who else do i think could Trace, um, Trace, I, 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 I got a bone to pick. Trace is right there. I have him at thirty-two. I, I have him at thirty-one. This isn't my final rankings. Um, who else? I mean, Khalil Ware will be one that a lot of people ask 42. about. I have him at forty-four. And the, oh man, me and you are getting really scary is, with these we, rankings. We talk, we talk too much. Yeah, this uh, is crazy. <laughs> like, I don't like this at all. Uh, Who do you have at 36? We're just going to play a dark game. Uh, Andre Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> Julian Strother. I was going to be like, if you had it, I was going to literally like flip my desk. Be like, what are you doing? Um, I, I don't know. There's there's some weird guys, Metcalf, that I think could get up there. Like, I like Reese Beekman. I think he could go 29th. Like it's just he also could go 44th. Like um Leonard Miller. I still think someone's gonna love him. Um right. he, he's one of the guys I I really need to catch up on because yeah, the, I think the numbers we, are what they are. And 
uh, you know, I, I think no ceilings will have something coming on him soon. Yeah, he might want to be paying attention to that. Um, other first round guys, other first round guys. Who did I? I moved the Mari Bailey down, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I, I still think the wild, wild, wild card is uh, James Najee, but I'm gonna have some th- thoughts about him coming up soon. Just, just give me the the, the quick elevator pitch on him because I, I haven't gotten a chance to dive in on him. He's just, uh, he's, I think he's gonna be the youngest guy in the class. Um, okay. Playing for one of the best teams in Europe. Um, he's he's had some games where he just takes. He's he's fucking ripped. <laughs> like he he's I what is he listening? I've had him my piece. I think he's listed at like 220. He looks 250 of muscle. Like he's just gigantic. And he shows some stuff, but it, it's clearly like, okay. It's the, oh, he's doing this at 18. Awesome. If he was doing this at 20, you'd be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> he's doing it at 18. You're like, whoa, big fella. And he's just nasty. He's when he can get somewhere in a hurry, it's really fun. But I just, I had a guy, I tr- a scout I trusted that's really damn good at his job. And then, He's told me some stuff in the past and he was right on. And he's just like, if he went to Texas, he'd be going in the first round. And I think we always have to remember that when you're an 18 year old playing in a pro league in one of the best leagues in the world, that carries a lot of weight. Like doesn't mean the stats need to be there. Cause that carries a lot of weight with evaluators and NBA personnel. So I still think Najee could be like 35th. But it would not surprise me if a team like Indiana took him at you know with the third first round pick or someone like Charlotte. You know, I'm just saying like that. That's the one I think could shock some people. But um, it's tough because it, when you're an evaluator, you watch him and you're like, oh, he has. You look at the box scores. Oh, two points, fifteen minutes. Great, can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, like, but like, he's had a couple games lately where it's like fourteen points. Like you know, he's. He's just got some really exciting talent, but it's very raw, very raw. But um, that's all I could think of off the top of my head, unless you got anyone else. Nope, that's kind of all I got. So, Rucker. 117, good. <laughs> Rucker, plug away. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, the peer review is always a lethal, lethal monster. But this is a good one. I'm excited to to do another one of these down the road. Um, but I'm at no ceilings NBA.com. I'm also at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. Big week coming up. Very big week. Metcalf. We got very substantially large announcement. Um, pretty excited to share that with the world. So thank you all. I love you all. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, like Rucker hinted at, uh, the podcast may be sounding a little bit different next week, but it's all good things, all very exciting things. Um, you can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. And you can follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.